With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Queen of Politics edition of The Aaron Crew Show, the political weekly wrap-up that packs a punch with your host, Aaron Cruz. Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Aaron Cruz Show, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. This is Aaron Cruz, and politics. Thank you for joining me tonight. So today we have a ton to cover. I mean, we have every single week. Um, and unfortunately, tonight's topic is is not one that's very cheery, but I think something that we need to talk about as a people. And, um, you know, it's, I was going to talk about specifically one of the events that had taken place. And I think that that's not the most important way to go. Um, one of our uh, Congress persons here in the United States, um, representative in the House, he he was shot um, while at a, a baseball game or uh, an event um, with children present. And I was going to do it just specifically on him, but I think that um, out of respect for all of the other lives that have been lost over these last few years and the violence across the United States, I think we need to talk about maybe the bigger picture here. I mean, this is the queen of politics. We kind of we kind of try to have a little bit more fun on this show, but at the same time, you know, we also like to get to the, to the center of things. And I think, you know, it, there's a balance here tonight. We're going to have a little bit of fun, but at the same time, you know, we have to give these, these topics the respect and um, the, the weight and balance that they deserve. And so when we are talking about violence, um, that's no funny game. And what I've seen on the television, or more specifically on the Internet, is... Um, a lot of people, you know, trying to provide levity through humor. And yes, that does, t you know, tend to help. Um, but really, really, um, I, I've seen some cruelty through people just these last few weeks and some of the tragic events that we've, we've seen happening going on across the United States and also 
um, some some tragedies that have happened over in the UK um, with their large fire that happened in London. Um, but really, back to the United States, the gun violence. You know, I I just I see it as something where it's it's been really quite prevalent, or should I say, magnified, because I think that the amount of media that we currently are bombarded with. We have more information, I think, than we have ever before. So where these things were happening before, they may not have been as magnified as they are now. And with people being able to communicate on a heavy level, as far as, um, you know, speed and, and the amount, massive amounts of data provided instantly, um, it, it just makes it all that more difficult, you know, in terms of, you know, people's ability to cope, all of the information all at once, people having questions all at once, and when all of this information is available so quickly, you know, it's, it's an overload. Um, some people don't, some people don't know how to cope, and then, and then you get clashes of opinion, and it, it's a massive social kind of structure where we're, we're now kind of seeing the backlash of the last four years, specifically, I think a four and a half, where there's been this kind of uptick to the next presidency here in the United States, and then now we've had six months of a of a new president, um, and and it's been this kind of not war of the the American worlds, but it's been kind of this this environment where we're so conflicted in terms of our social structures and beliefs that that it's caused a problem especially with social media and so what I wanted to do before we get really get into our topics um, I wanted to remind everyone that I love to hear from you okay and we really want to know what topics matter to you a lot of times I'll get an email um, and, and it's generally on something that's happened this week so that's the trend I'm seeing people want to hear about what's happening right now um, I'll continue to highlight on that uh, unless you tell me that, that you want to hear some, about something different or something else or a, a different angle. Um, I'll be glad to, to take that feedback. And um, also, if you can provide me that information, I have another show on Tuesday nights, and it gives me the weekend to kind of gather everything that you want to hear about and, and get some kind of backstory and, and do research if it's needed. So, so that's always helpful as well. And... Um, if you want, you can go ahead and shoot that information out to me at info at AaronCruz.com. That's I-N-F-O at AaronCruz.com. I can also be found all over social media, on Instagram and Facebook. All you have to do is Google Aaron Cruz um, and the Aaron Cruz Show. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter as Wagner Girly. That's W-A-G-N-E-R-G-I-R-L-E. And... So yeah, that's pretty much it. So let's get down to business, all right? So this last week, we've had some pretty, pretty traumatic things happening. And, you know, it's just never, it kind of never escapes me the way that people respond. I um, Before we get into the gun violence here in the United States and, and some of those tragic events, I want to talk about the fire that happened over in the UK. Uh, I believe it was, I want to say last Wednesday. It's gone so fast. Their Wednesday, our Tuesday. 
excuse me, I just yawned in your ear, you poor guys. In any case, um, this fire had happened, and, and I had to happen to be up. Um, and it was in a large structure, 20 some odd, odd stories high. I think it was 27 stories high. And there's still so much information that needs to come out about it. There, you know, the wiki page was put up right, right away on it. I mean, it was an unbelievable, you know, kind of response, uh, to what had happened because everybody wanted a central space to get information. And so within, you know, the hour of, of the fire taking off in the, in the high rise, that wiki page was put up. Well, now it's been slowly abandoned. It just tells you in a matter of three days how how sad this is. In a matter of three days, something that needed to be put up so quickly by social media is now neglected. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, it's... That right there is kind of an example... Kind of an example. It is an example exact example of, of what I'm kind of talking about tonight is this sort of immediate need and then this sort of kind of just disregard or, or neglect. Um, now it says that it, it was updated and edited today and, and I do see that there are substantial revisions to it but really the care that was put into gathering all the initial information I mean it was fast and fast. All right, and if you're wondering what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Grenfell Tower in, in London. It's G-R-E-N-F-E-L-L -L, Tower. Fire is what they're calling it. It took place on the 14th of June, and it's 24 stories. I was wrong, 24 stories. For some reason, I had 27 in my head. Um, and is public housing flats. So what had happened, and this is you know, very kind of interesting the way, and this is a good platform, and, and I hate to use, you know, there were lives lost here, okay? Um, it's, it's a very sad situation what happened, um, but there were many lives lost. They're still trying to figure out how many people, how many casualties there were. Um, it's, it's sad, but what had happened is and I'm just, I just want to cry thinking about this, is that what had happened is, uh, and I've heard so many things since then, even today, but I'm going to go to the core of what we really heard on the night of, and that would be that a man had a situation in his flat where the refrigerator had somehow caught up, caught a blaze in some situation, and he ran out, and basically ran out in the hallway, was trying to let his neighbors know, and then within minutes, the fire had just gone crazy um, and engulfed much of the space there, and it traveled very fast. With, I think, in, in a half hour, much of the building had already been kind of taken aflame. Um, and unfortunately, what we saw in this specific case was a group people who were not equipped to know what they probably should have or might have should have done in that in that situation and so one of the reports that I heard just 15 minutes in I think it was it was somebody who had escaped and they said you know I, I didn't hear I heard the neighbor's fire alarm going off so this must have been a person who had an alarm inside of their house okay a smoke alarm 
and he thought maybe somebody was cooking or something had happened. And so he, he didn't really think anything of it until he then heard screaming. Okay. And it just, it just is so tragic. Now I'm going to warn you this, some of this might be graphic, um, just so you're, you're aware. So this is what happens is that here, this guy, he thinks it might be the neighbor's, you know, exhaust fan got then and a fire alarm got set off by cooking or something. And no, the, the, the units are all ablaze. And so we have many people that were forced to, by need or exposure to fire, no other way out through themselves from the building. My understanding is from everything I've read, there were two babies, babies let out of the windows. One was saved. I'm not sure about the other. And children banging on the windows, trying to get out and flames coming up from behind them. And surely they didn't make it. Um, many, many instances of lives tragically lost. And these people didn't have any warning. Many of them didn't even know that their homes were on fire um, and, and couldn't escape. And, of course, the responders did what they could. Um, people were helping one another. There were shelters set up across uh, religious lines open to people of all faiths. And I thought that was a remarkable response for the people of London um, to, to pull together like that. Um, unfortunately, for the lives that were lost and the many more that are going to be found that, that also were, you know, um, lost in the fire, it's just, you can't take that back. Um, they're gone. And what can you learn from that? And, and unfortunately, the information that flew out of that, I, I stayed up with a couple of my friends that night and I, I was reporting on it and helping dig up information for different networks or people who, who just weren't getting accurate information out. You know, you couldn't find anything. I, there really was, I think in the course of 12 hours, there were two press releases from, from the fire brigade and uh, from London officials, which was so upsetting. Um, but at the same time, at least you received some data. Now they didn't, release the kind of comprehensive data we do here in the States, but that's up to them. That's how they, you know, respond to their situations. That's perfectly, if that's what they do, that's what they do. Um, but I think what the biggest thing for me was, is watching the rollout of this event and comparing it to maybe the rollout of our events here and things that happen and looking at kind of the structure and the social and human response to those situations and the reactions there's a lot of difference okay there's a lot of difference and and when i see that this this wikipedia page goes up and it's pretty comprehensive then now it's barely being updated you just have to wonder you know, people's need for information, people's need to know what's going on in the world and be involved. Um, it just, it's like a sickness is, that, is almost what I want to equate it to. Um, news has become such a feed for people. Um, and 
I'm not sure exactly what that fascination is, but you know, in this particular case with this fire, I think a lot of people wanted to know who was safe, who weren't, you know, who wasn't. There were some five to six hundred. Well, the first reports were about 500 people re resided in the building. Next reports were about 600, and um, you know, only about 150 people had been kind of found either injured or you know uh, displaced and or casualties so you know it's there are a lot of people still missing so I understand the need and the want for people all around the world to really kind of know what had happened and and who was accounted for and who wasn't um and especially because here in the United States I know the interest was because we saw 9-11 happen you know where this sort of situation of terrorists and um, many thousands of lives lost. And it just, it impacted out everybody here in the States. You know, it's, it's, there are only so many degrees of separation of people. And it's such visually and emotionally, I mean, to see the burning building and knowing that there are lives in there, it's very hard and, and reflecting back to what had happened in 9-11 very very hard doesn't matter who did it doesn't matter how it happened with the lives that are involved those lives the lives that are impacted I mean it's not just the people who are lost it's the people who are now displaced and affected by that sort of tragedy here um, and then it's also and I would like to repeat this because I know I touched on this in in Islam and, and I, I don't want to compare this building burning as being an Islamic or maybe try to draw a parallel there. But as far as Islamic terror is concerned, part of it is witnessing and, and the war is in the mind. So now when we look at this building, it's not necessarily just the people who were in this situation. It's the people who know people who were in this situation, the people who saw this happening and knowing that you know, there were lives lost. It's, it's as humans, as, as a human race, you know, naturally you're going to be concerned or compelled and, and have some sort of a grieving problem. I mean, London is, is deeply impacted by this in the world, really, those who witnessed what had happened um, to our fellow man. And so our hearts go out to London for this and, and, it, and it will, you know, take some time to heal for them. Um, but here in the states we're kind of having this same social a robust social reaction to to what's been going on in terms of violence now the fire was not necessarily violence okay there were heroin acts heroin harrowing acts going on that day there were lives lost it was violent in nature in terms of the brutality of the fire itself but here in the States, we've had some very serious situations happen. We've had this representative in our Congress, the House of Representatives. He was shot, brutally shot, and taken um, down by, and you can hear me, I'm emotional. Uh, he was taken down by, a, a, as many are saying, a radical Bernie supporter, a Democrat, a liberal. Um, and... This was not something in many people's minds. This was not something that was just done. He didn't just decide, okay, I know these guys play there. You know, um, now many believe that because he was on vacation for a month or two that he had been thinking about and planning 
an event where he would hurt our government officials, specifically Republican government officials. And this is just tragic. This is just tragic. Um, now, one thing I didn't go into about the fire, okay, um, and it was so frustrating for me at first because as we initially watched this fire burning down the building in, in London, I was on social media networks, much like with the, the shooting that happened. And as I was watching both of them roll out, I mean in terms of the news and the news reports on social media, okay, I'm watching the building burning with people live inside of it. It's a very fresh fresh story. It's maybe a half an hour in. I'm researching. I've got four different screens up. I've got everything pulled up, but I'm watching this one news feed in particular. Okay. And in this particular news feed, while people are being burned alive, trying to figure out how to get their family members safe down one flight of stairs for an entire building, jumping to their death, because they can't do anything else. There are people hitting the laughter button on the Facebook feed. And I'm not talking just one Facebook feed, okay? I went to at least five different live feeds, okay, of this particular event. Five different live feeds, different Facebook pages where people were watching this event. And they were hitting the laughter button. The laughter button, people. I don't know how you could be so cruel and so cold-hearted that you could sit there while people are burning alive and hit the laughter button. And we're not talking once. We're not talking twice. We're talking uniformly over all five different feeds, all through the night, each time I checked them. I mean, I was up for hours and hours and hours, and people were hitting that laughter button. And I just thought to myself, humanity, part of it, is so fractured. So fractured, so twisted, so cold-hearted. Um, those are real lives, real live feed I was watching. Okay, people in there, in that building. This is not, this is not just isolated to this incident. This is also on the pages of, um, of the pages of the, the feed, the news reports for uh, the shooting of our, our representative. Now, our representative so far to this moment is still alive. Praise God. Keep praying for him. President Trump has called for prayers for him. Uh, and his family and everybody involved and even the nation and those around the world who, who saw what happened. Um, but even on those live feeds of, of news reports or anchors reporting on it, there are laughter buttons being hit. And you just have to wonder what kind of people are laughing at these things. It's just, it, there's nothing funny about it. There's not. Um, and so... As I progress, and I want to talk about this a little bit more, and we see that, you know, people are just cold right now. They're really 
social media has, I think, really played a desensitizing sort of element for many people. Uh, others, it's it's brought some some real life information to them. They're able to handle it and cope, and and it's it's provided you know a good platform for them in their lives. Many others, it's it's just desensitized them. So. When I saw this feed going on for a representative, and unfortunately it was not in a positive nature where there, these people were putting laughter down, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. I, you know, I, I read news all day and all night long, pretty much, <laughs> with the exception of the hours for sleeping. And I went to one of my girlfriend's pages many different people that I know are very involved, not just topically, but very involved in their communities and in their states. And she posts some very good information uh, on, on many topics, but one of them happened to be this shooting in particular of our, of our congressperson. And the thing is, is that this is a Republican congressperson and the person who shot him was a Bernie supporter who's a member of several different groups um, on Facebook and otherwise that were very anti-Trump, anti-Republican, very pro-Democrat, pro-Bernie, and um, somewhat violent in nature, I guess you might call it. In any case, I saw on her feed that there was this one person in particular who was posting some some topic matters that I thought were just horrific. I mean, calling for death, applauding, you know, hoping he died, very glad that the children that were there, you know, just imagining the children that were there running and screaming across the field, um, just hoping that they, they, they deserve what they get, you know, seeing that sort of thing. They, you know, um, many others on that particular person's feed you know, laughing about it, saying, yeah, they do, you know, this is what they get, tyrannous, you know, they need to be taken out, this is what 2A is, Second Amendment rights, um, and I just was sick. I was sick. I could no sooner go right to that person's page and report every single post of every single person in there. I couldn't sit back. I mean, and it wasn't just the, I couldn't just sit there and talk to these people. I had to report them. Um, those violent, I mean, this is not somebody saying that I believe that if, if the government oversteps their bounds, that we together as a militia, you know, we should come together as militia and, and as a people and, you know, some sort of kind of, I, and I don't want to advocate any any uprising against the government or anything like that, but I say that 2A is there for a reason, and it's not so some vigilante, some person who thinks he's a heroine of some sort in his own warped mind, sicko, can pick up a gun and go shooting people and taking people out. That's absolutely 100% not what the Second Amendment is. It's just not. And if you don't know what the Second Amendment is, there are different views on it. Um, but, you know, you can very basically read it. You can, you can go up, look background information and find it out for yourself, I think, and, and understand it clearly. If you have questions, you can always send me an email. I have many people, scholarly people who have backgrounds in those areas that can go through it with you one-on-one -on -one and share with you in-depth 
with the knowledge, with the background, give you everything you need to know on it. Um, but the point is, is you can't just do what this man did and call it Second Amendment rights. It's not, what he did was premeditated murder. And hopefully what we can get is we can, you know, I've read everything from the, the man is dead to he's still alive in custody to he's been taken into custody and dead. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say what he is or he isn't, but I, hopefully the biggest picture would be this, is that if there are people out there who think that that is some way, in some way, acceptable, really seriously acceptable, those people need to be looked into because that that is not acceptable. We live in a civilized society um, with laws, with, I mean, even the Second Amendment, I mean, in and of itself, there, I mean, there would only be certain cases where that, that would be, you know, you, you could argue that. Um, but, you know, especially a rise up against the government, there's definitely nothing that, that could justify such a thing unless it were, you know, big time, okay? So, and we don't want to get into that, but I guess what I'm saying is that these sorts of individuals who are going out on their own as these sort of lone wolf vigilantes that think that they can do something and take somebody out or whatever it might be, it's not right on any level. And then when you have people laughing about it and carrying on in ways that are just absolutely 100% inappropriate, something must be done. And I think that I would implore you, if you see something, say something. If you see comments on Facebook that are violent in nature and suggestive of killing, you know, it's, uh, now there's a line, <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to do something about it. You don't just argue with people online, you know, oh, you're a keyboard warrior. You just argue with people online. No, I mean, people have to get involved, you know, in, in a, a, to a certain degree. So if you see, if you're having conversations with people and then you come across something like that, there are report buttons, and there are report buttons for a reason. And I've told, I don't know, hundreds, maybe I would say thousands of people over the last nine years on, you know, since social media became prevalent in my life, that, look, that's just not appropriate. And if they keep going, I either block them or I report and block them. And, and the thing is this, is it just... It's like real life, people. Social media is, there's a person on the other end of that computer. And you don't know whether they're serious or not. And you have to be, use good judgment and act accordingly. You know, and so when I see these sorts of interactions where people are talking violence in the way that they are. Now, one thing that I would also find interesting is that, unfortunately, what we're seeing today in the divide is that it's flipped. So if this were say, a Republican who had shot a Democrat and somehow Republicans were justifying it, the Democrats would be outraged. So where is it as American citizens, as people who are supposed to be civil and, and you know, follow the rule of law, contribute within their communities and their families and in, in their states, where is it okay for because it happened to you or it didn't happen to you, that somehow the standard is different. 
it's not. That's not how it works. There is no double standard. And and I think a lot of people, that's what they've been angry at this last 24 hours and, and what we've seen roll out um, across the nation in, in different activities is that there's this really sharp, you know, double standard of calling, you know, if this would have been reversed, the Democrats would be calling for tolerance. They would be calling for coexistence. They would be calling for all sorts of things. And, and what, what I think we need to push is that it doesn't matter what side you're on, okay? <laughs> We're all Americans. And I'm not saying that I, that I need to tolerate some person who's, who's being rude to me or saying something, you know, that's uncouth but, or violent in nature or pushing something one way or the other on any one of these topics with people being hurt across our country like this congressperson. What I'm saying is that, you know, at some point, Democrats and Republicans, but Democrats, what I'm seeing right now, need to get off their dang high horse and realize that, look, this isn't a party thing. This is a national thing. You're either a good and contributing citizen of the United States of America or you're not. You're either wanting to make America great again or you're not. You're either working as part of the solution or you're not. You're either, you know, contributing in your community and in your, your state and in your nation, or you're not. You're part of that solution, or you're not. There is no my side, your side. And if if Democrats could come up with to me, and some of them have, and we've had good exchanges, and, and, and I don't have friends, of, you know, that just stay party line. No, no, no. I, I have good Democrat friends, and I would have to say that because they're adults, they're good people, and they can have a conversation, and we may not agree with everything, but the thing is this, is that if, if you can present with me, to me information, and I can present to you information, and we can talk about that information and really understand one another, you know, the, the idea of coexisting, okay, we don't agree, but still yet, we, we can be adults and be civil, okay, um, and work toward a common goal. And maybe our goals are different in some areas, but maybe they're like in other areas. So, you know, at, at some point or rather, this, this fueling of this flame that's happened over these last weeks with these shootings and, and other things, it has to be quelled. We have to, as adults... As Republicans, as conservatives specifically, we have to pull down our, our our Mad Hatter hat and just say, okay, regain composure, perspective, and be the adult. And, you know, one thing I, I saw today was uh, an interesting individual who said, you know, we need to learn to agree to disagree, which is a statement I use a lot of times. And and some and the other person who is very famous or somewhat famous, semi-quasi-famous, eh, I don't know, it depends on who you are, um, and view that person, I'm not going to say his name, he said, no, I don't. Well, you know what? No, you don't. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to interact with people because people may not want to be around you, and maybe you're fine with that. So, you know, go ahead and... and and live your life. But I, I asked him, I said, you don't, you know, and he says, no, I don't. Do you? Because I said to him, do you compromise? You know, and, 
And he says, no, I don't do you. And so I just said, well, you know, it really depends, you know, it depends on the situation and everything else. But my point is this, is that at some point we have to be the adult and we have to learn how to communicate and do it in a way where it, it can get our nation in a better position, where it can keep the conversation going and, and break down this hostile barrier that, that's up where now we're having conflict. And I saw that conflict very, and I'm going to say media, media is a huge player in this, and, and I'm running out of time here, but media is a huge player in this. Yesterday we had a situation, as they say, it, um, at Travis Air, Travis Air Force Base, I think that was it, um, where gunshots were heard. Now, there are things that have come out. It wasn't an active shooter. Somebody was in a, Somebody around said it was an active shooter, so it got passed around. So I looked on several media sites, and I said, okay, it's an active shooter, because, you know, these are media sites, big media sites, ABC, CBS. No, 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 no. That necessarily wasn't it at all. However, what I stumbled across during that period of time in research was a very interesting thing. A person huddled within a, a room. They met. They were. They're pretty young. They were going there to meet their family to bowl. Okay, and here this active shooter situation, as the news said it was, is going on. Really, it was PC or over the PA system. It was said that there was an incident. Please, everybody, stay where you're at. Basically, they wanted the place on lockdown and find cover. I don't think they knew what was happening at that point, but they wanted to err on the side of caution, which is good because you never know. So this person's huddled down and says something on social media. And I'm going to tell you there were at least 10 different media sites, massive media, mainstream media, violent manic media sites at this person. So-and-so, so-and-so, can you call us? Can we hear, you know, we want to get an interview with you. This person is hiding, apparently afraid for their life. And you're wanting to meet with them, talk to them, interview them while somebody could potentially be on a rampage with a gun. Who knows? I mean, turned out that that wasn't the case. And, and praise God that, you know, it wasn't the type of situation that maybe had been thought initially. Um, or, you know, maybe quite as drastic as we thought initially. But we have media trying to contact a person who is a fear for his life hiding. Okay? And... I mean, at them, and people were so upset at these these media heads. I mean, I I was I was somewhat beside myself, but I tried to magnify that story yesterday about the fact that the media is being a catalyst for some sort of kind of live trauma fest. I don't know what you want to call it, but they're trying to get. They're so desperate for a story for the next top headline, for the next whatever, you know, moneymaker story to break the next thing, that they're trying to get to people for interviews while they're in trauma situations. And that, to me, is unethical. I mean, the first question would be, are you okay? The second question would be, if they said okay, you know, what's going on? You know, and then maybe ask. I don't even know about maybe ask, but I just can't even, maybe after it's over, you know, then ask them, are you okay? You know, we'd be very interested in talking to you if you are. Who knows what that might look like? But what I was seeing at that moment in time was just not okay um, on, on many different levels. And and that is similar to what we saw, um, well, not really the same, but um, 
you know, through these other events that happened this last week. And so what I want to do in closing is just talk to you for a second here. Okay. And, and as I bring up these three, you know, big events that happened uh, this week, and, and there were more of them, unfortunately, I'm not going to touch on them. But I think it's important. I think it's really, really important for us as a people, us as a nation, and as, as members and citizens of the world, I know, I know a lot of people are not going to like that statement, but just as humans, okay? That we really think about our interaction with others, that we think about what they might be going through, and remain sensitive, as much information as we get all the time. Remain sensitive to the human element, because the long and the short of it is this, is that if we don't care for ourselves and we don't care for others, who will? It's a hurting world, and as conservatives, especially, I believe, I mean, as humans in general, but as conservatives especially, I believe that we have an obligation to lead by example and to touch lives in, in as best, in, in as many ways as we can, all right? And, and I think that we can do that. I think we can sway people to the conservative cause if we act in a way that's that's morally and ethical, ethically right and stable. Okay, um, but but there's no way to accomplish good things from from coming about uh, situations in a negative way or violently or laughing or any other thing. That's just that's war of the minds, and and we need to be careful about that. That's that's not good ground. Um, I wanted to encourage you guys all um, to keep pressure on the House, uh, the House as it comes to uh, Obamacare and holding their members in the Senate, their friends and buddies. I also want you to hold them accountable, but also the House. We need to kind of just pressure them all. Look, uh, midterms are coming up. Obamacare still hasn't been put through. We need to pressure them. So please give them a call. This does not stop. We have to get Obamacare repealed and replaced, okay? This does not stop because we have a lot of other things going on. Their phone number is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. Their uh, house.gov and senate.gov are the emails. You can uh, emails the websites you can go on to find more information on who you should be contacting. You can also look up other resources on my website, which is aaroncruz.com. You can send emails to me at info at aaroncruz.com. All right. Um, I just want to thank you tonight for joining me. I know this was kind of a sad topic, but we needed to talk about it. Um, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the Queen of Politics from the Aaron Cruz Show. You can join me again next Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Political Core, where we get to the core of the issues that matter to you with information you can use and trust to make positive change in your community, in your state, and in the nation. I hope you have a blessed evening, all. God bless you, and God bless America. To hear more and to learn more on how you can make an impact or about the Queen of Politics and the Aaron Cruz Show, visit us online at AaronCruz.com. That's E-R-I-N-C-R-U-Z dot com. Thank you for joining us, and see you at the same time and the same place next week.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.